What's the fantasy football outlook for the Sunday slate of wild card games, including Bills and Steelers and Packers and Cowboys and then Lions and Rams? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league, whether you're playing seasonal or daily fantasy football year-round. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day as well. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironwood. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, we do have a very packed show here looking at all the Sunday games. We have three. We talked about the two Saturday games. If you missed that, check it out. They're breaking down what you should do there with fantasy. Looking at the Browns, Texans, and Chiefs, Dolphins, as well as the Saturday DFS slate. We're going to look at all three Sunday games. So we'll give each game its own segment here, starting with the Bills and Steelers and go all the way through the nightcap. Lions hosting the Rams. Before we do that, I do have to tell you this episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. We'll have our Prize Picks fix the week there for you for the wild card round on Friday. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked NFL and use the promo code all lowercase locked on NFL for first deposit match up to $100. All right, Michelle, we got to get into these games. There's a lot to talk about. So let's do it right away. It's your Steelers. You have. Uh, Made no secret about them being your favorite team here. Steelers at Bill Steelers. One of the biggest long shots of the weekend. They're the number seven seed going into number two, Buffalo. Let's start with this. Mason Rudolph, Josh Allen. What do you expect from these quarterbacks? Rudolph kind of his guide to the team to the playoffs. Josh Allen, we know, has been dealing with the interceptions all season long. Yeah. So, I mean, without TJ Watt, Josh Allen should have a, a fine day. It should be pretty easy. This defense with and without TJ Watt were night and day last year. Um, and there's some turnaround, some additional players, maybe some differences, but you know, without TJ Watt, it's going to be really hard for this defense to contain Josh Allen. Gabe Davis won't be there. So we'll talk about Stefan's Stefan Diggs and his impact on this game in a second. Mason Rudolph's line is set at just a half a passing touchdown. So he would need one passing touchdown to hit the over. Do you think he could do it? This Bills defense is weird. Like they're still good despite all of the injuries. Yeah. When you look at this, I think, look, it's, it's tough. I mean, Josh Allen is kind of all over the place. Will this be a James Cook game? The other side, will this be a Najee Harris game? So I don't think those are two things you need to navigate, right, with the passing touchdowns here. Where are the scores going to come from? And Josh Allen, of course, can steal his own touchdown by running in the end zone. So that's always tricky with Josh Allen. So I would think they come out running in this game. It seems weird that that's what the Bills would do, but – I think that's a really good way to attack the Steelers' defense. As you mentioned, their injuries all across the board, right, in the middle of the field have kind of decimated them. And it might be a little bit better here in certain areas, but without T.J. Watt, who's a very good all-around defender, it's really hard to go that way. So, yeah, it's going to be really tough here for 
the Steelers going in uh, defensively. So I do uh, quite a bit like maybe the James Cook pivot here away from Josh Allen this week. And look, it's going to be tough with the attention that Stefan Diggs has gotten. I know he had a good rebound game in week 18 against the Dolphins, but that's a, that's a tough spot. So I think I would be very wary of going over any touchdown totals here for the passing guys in this game. Yeah, I have, the, both teams are leaning on the run game right now. James Cook's efficiency has gone down. He's still getting a lot of carries and touches, but like after that span of five games where it was like 100, 100, 100, 100 scrimmage yards, and then that huge, massive blow up game of 221 scrimmage yards, it's been down. He's been down to 70, 44, 52. They have his line at 88 and a half scrimmage yards and 65 rushing yards, which he hasn't gotten close to the 65 rushing yards in either of the two last games. But Najee Harris, on the other hand, they have his line down at 60 and a half rushing yards. The last three games, he's had 78, 78, 122, and 112 with 27 and 26 carries the last two weeks. It all comes down to can they keep the game close, right? Because if the Bills just get a huge early lead, that's going to limit Najee Harris. But I do like for both Najee Harris and James Cook to get a lot of carries. And I really like that Najee Harris rushing yard line. Which would those guys you feel better about with their rushing yard line? I feel pretty good. Of course, I'm going to go with the guy with lower rushing yards, but I also think that the Bills should be playing with a positive game script. So when you look at that, I mean, only a five yards difference. I think I would go James Cook. I'm not interested in the scrimmage yards, right? I thought James Cook would be more involved in the passing game, but if they're playing from ahead, they're not going to throw to him. And the other thing, Najee Harris, I don't know if they're going to force the ball to him. I know he's a capable receiver. So I'm going to avoid the scrimmage ones, but I think I'm going – much better feeling about these two rushing totals than anything with the quarterbacks in this game. And that, I think that probably goes for the receivers as well. Yeah. So there's like three receivers to consider in this game, right? Cause Gabe Davis is going to be out. Um, yeah. So Stefan Diggs, how many more targets does he get? He finally had a solid game week 18. It was a long time since he had, I mean, the four weeks prior were miserable for him. He had under 30 receiving yards in three of those four games. The other one was 48 yards. They have his line pretty low, 61 and a half receiving yards. And I think he's going to get enough targets without Gabe Davis that he's going to hit that. Even if he's super inefficient, I don't think the Steelers have a, a good enough secondary to really control Stephon Diggs fully. So I would bet the over on him. But then when it comes to the Steelers side with Deontay Johnson or George Pickens, both of their lines are super low. You have Deontay sitting at 38 and a half receiving yards. Pickens at 40 and 40 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I like both of those. I really do, because if they get down, they're going to have to throw a ton. I really, really love the Deontay Johnson one. He's had double that in each of the last two weeks. Yeah, I would feel better about Johnson, right? I mean, George Pickens is a little bit big play dependent. He's going <clears> to <throat> kind of need a shot or two from Mason Rudolph to make it happen. The Bills pass rush could have something to say about that. So I'm feeling it with Deontay Johnson. I'm not feeling it too much with Stefan Diggs, because what have we seen to pivot? It wasn't a lot of Gabe Davis, right? Some games Gabe Davis was zero anyway, yeah. right? So it's a lot of Khalil Shakir. It's a lot of, uh, especially Dalton Kincaid. We've seen Dawson Knox been involved a little bit more. They're going to spread the ball around a little bit more, at least with the Steelers. I think it's going to be pretty concentrated with a few guys. So you have a shot with Pickens, but based on the low value of this number, I know it's a tough matchup. I think I have to go with Johnson at 38.5 because, again, I think he'll get enough targets and volume to make that happen where – Pickens, again, it's a little bit more boomer bust, right? I think with Johnson, you're safe either way with his number. And Diggs, again, even 
61.5 gives me pause. Even though he hit that last week, he wasn't hitting it. And look, this offense is not going to change from what uh, really worked for them. So let's and look Dalton at this. Uh, it's an easy smash over. I could see him having a Trey McBride type game like he had against the Steelers. Steelers yeah. can't cover the middle. Dalton Kincaid should see those targets for sure. So I'm with you there. And Stephon Diggs, we'll see. He, they have yeah. to give them targets if they... If they're up big, that means Stephon Diggs is probably involved, right? Do you expect this game to be as low scoring as Vegas does? They have it at 36 and a half points, really, really low. Uh, both defenses have allowed very few points per game this year. Both uh, rank top five uh, this this year in points per game allowed, or top six anyways. What are you seeing for points in this game? Yeah, actually, I saw it when I was uh, picking earlier in the week for Sporting News. It was at 37.5, so it's actually dropped a little bit, maybe because of Gabe Davis, one less weapon in there or whatever. But I like to go slightly over. I have the Bills actually winning this game. We'll get into that right away. It's a 9.5 for 10-point spread, depending on where you're looking at it now. I actually have them winning and covering. I just think it's too hard for the Bills or the Steelers' offense and defense in this game. So I really like the Bills in this one. I took them... 27 to 13. I know you won't like that result, but I like them to cover and have the over here because I think there's just too much offense on the field. Yeah, obviously my heart really wants to say the Steelers have a chance in this game, but the Bills have been really, really good at home this year. Seven and one, you know, they beat up on teams there. The Steelers have not been prepared under Mike Tomlin heading into the playoffs. I mean, they've allowed so many points in each of the last four playoff games. They got their butts kicked the last two of their playoff games. And yeah, it's different quarterback. It's a different team. But also it being Mason Rudolph doesn't make me feel any better than it being Ben Roethlisberger, right? So yeah. I, I don't, Mike Tomlin hasn't had his guys ready for the playoffs. They're probably going to get their butts kicked. The Bills probably win by 10 points. So I, I'm with you there. But I don't know where to go with the point line because it's so low. The Bills yeah. can hit 37 by themselves. Yeah, I think I would go over. I think it's a little too low based on yeah. how much the Bills have. And I think it's a little overrating, right? The public are going to say, oh, Steelers defense. We're going to put it lower. But we know the Steelers defense, as you know, hasn't been the Steelers defense we know, especially without T.J. Watt in there. So we'll get into the next game. This is the marquee game, probably the highest rated game. Packers Cowboys on Sunday afternoon or next segment. Then we'll close with Rams Lions. But first, we got to hear from one of our sponsors. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is sponsored by BetterHelp. And look, you may be wanting to give therapy a try. And look, it's hard to take that first step and get help for ourselves. We can get lost a lot in life. And sometimes we need a little bit more than. A personal roadmap. We might need someone to provide the GPS for us to get us in the right direction and feeling that we're not lost and we do have help. And with better help, you can uh, really know that they're going to get you paired with the right therapist and it's uh, online. So if you're maybe nervous about going in person, better help has got you covered because you can have great therapy right there in the comfort of your own home. It's convenient there as well. This is a good time to give BetterHelp a try. It's really flexible and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do to get started at BetterHelp is just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And the best thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge So until you feel like you have the right fit. And that's the biggest thing. If the first step is wanting and knowing you need therapy, the next step is feeling right with the person that you're sharing all this with and trying to get on back on track with. So 
BetterHelp is going to help you do just that. It's very easy. Celebrate the progress you've made and continue to work on your best self. Visit betterhelp.com slash locker today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash lockdown. Just get that 10% off your first month. All right, Michelle, let's continue the show. We have a big marquee game. This is actually a pretty big spread, however, in favor of the Cowboys. They're seven and a half point favorites. That's been steady all week at home against the Packers. Jordan Love, the last team in from the NFC. So let's start there with Jordan Love and Dak Prescott. Dak on fire the second half of the season. MVP candidate Jordan Love, breakout guy down the stretch here. What do we expect from these quarterbacks and the I guess we're going to start with the passing touchdown total. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about two guys here who led the NFL in passing touchdowns. Stack at number one, Jordan Love at number two. Both of their lines are at one and a half passing touchdowns, but the thing is, Dak's line, they should probably make it higher because they have him at minus 172, so you're not going to make much money on your bet if you bet that he's going to have more than one and a half passing touchdowns, which I do expect him to have. He's had two-plus passing touchdowns in 10 of the last 11 games, right? And in each of his last six home games. So I do fully expect Dak to at least throw two touchdowns in this game. Jordan Love, though, on the other hand, minus 125, but you could still take that bet. Like, you're not – you could still win decent amount of money on that. And Love has had two-plus passing touchdowns in eight of his last nine games. So, you know, a little bit harder of a defense against the Cowboys. I know it's on the road, but I I don't think they're going to be able to run all over the Cowboys. So I like Jordan Love to have two touchdowns in this game. Yeah, the only concern, again, with Jordan Love is kind of with Josh Allen. He has run in quite a bit. <laughs> so yeah. if he steals a touchdown there, that's there. But they really are not running anyone else, right? We're not seeing the backs really score. So that's the one thing about this and same thing with Dak Prescott, right? Tony Pollard just cannot get going near the goal line. So if they're going to score touchdowns, either team, it's probably going to be through the air in this one, unless you have a special teams or defensive score in the mix. Now the passing yards are interesting for Dak, 275.5. I like it. I think it's a little too high just because what if the Cowboys have one of those games, right? Special teams and defense and it's, rolling and Dak could have a great game with just 260 he could go 260 and three and they're good to go in this game right with a little bit of running down the stretch with different guys so I think it's a little too high I don't like it when it gets a little too close to 300 for me I'm okay with taking the over I actually think it's a smash bet the last six home games he's averaging 326 passing yards per game so that gives you a 50 yard margin of a little leeway there in case they do beat up on the Packers but again like I expect the Packers to be able to put up some points on the defense uh so even last week we saw what Dallas beat up on the commanders and Dak was still out there until like with really no reason they still kept them out there way too long so I think in the playoff games, they're just going to keep going and going and going. So I'm going to take Dak 275 and a half over a smash that. But for him to get that over, he's going to have to target his favorite guy, C.D. Lamb. Yeah. C.D. Lamb's line is sitting at 100 and a half receiving yards. It's very, very high. And do you think he's going to hit it? I mean, we saw last week hit 98 yards, so he would have just got under there. Again, didn't play most of the fourth quarter. Two weeks prior, 227 yards and 118. What do we think CeeDee Lamb does in this game? Well, I like the fact that two receivers in this game, they're the primary receivers for each team, CeeDee Lamb and Jaden Reed, they really do a lot of damage working the slot. And then you get the better matchups, right? And that's why CeeDee Lamb has gone off. They align him well. 
He beats all these guys inside. He's a smooth route runner, can get downfield and stretch the field in the middle of the field if needed, or just line up outside and do his damage. So that's why I like CD Lamb a lot. I mean, we know Jair Alexander, there's been some controversy with how he's lining up and how this Packers secondary is played. There's going to be some confusion. Lamb, they can scheme open here pretty well. So, yeah, I think this is a bigger smash to me at 100.5 than it is Dak Dak just a little bit. I'm not saying you don't go for the Dak one, but if I'm going to feel a little bit more confident, I'd go to CeeDee Lamb. Now, I mentioned Jaden Reed. Look, 48.5 is the number here. We know they're banged up. This is a really low number. I mean, pretty much, I think it's maybe been six to eight weeks, Michelle. Like We've been like on Jaden Reed, especially mm-hmm. with these kind of uh, numbers with the props. And like, they're pretty modest, right? They're just not acknowledging that he is kind of the default go-to guy at this point. He's the guy that... When healthy, that Jordan Love trusts the most. So, look, okay, I'm going to order them in order of smash. Jaden Reed at 48.5, then I'm going to CD Lamb, then I'm going Dak. Yeah, Jaden Reed's line is way too low at 48.5. Uh, he's hit that each of the last three weeks, well hit it each of the last two weeks. I mean, nearly double uh, each of those two weeks. He's, he's their top guy right now. He's their top option. He was even banged up last game. He was doubtful to play, played, and had a career game with 112 yards. I'm easily taking this over, and I feel really good about that. But then what about Aaron Jones? Because the Packers have been leaning on him a lot over the last month. A lot, a lot. Like, they, like, forgot he existed, and he was dealing with his own injuries as well. But the last three weeks, 21 carries, 20 carries, 22 all over 110 rushing yards in each of those three games. And his efficiency has been fantastic. Not getting into the end zone still, though. So not going to bet on a touchdown for him. But his line's at 71 and a half rushing yards. Do we think they continue to lean on him? Especially when he's like pretty much the one guy in this team that has the playoff experience as well. And the offensive yeah. side of the ball. I'm just a little bit worried, right? If they fall behind, what is the volume going to be like? And they haven't been the most efficient running team all season long with their offensive line. So I think I would stay away from it. I think there's enough value in other places, right? I'd go there. I might be more interested in seeing Tony Pollard because the Packers run defense has been so bad and Pollard might get a little bit of a discount, right? With his total not being as high as you would think for a feature running back. So if I'm going with any back, I'm going Pollard, but it's just hard because these teams, as we started at the top, talking about Love and Prescott with their TD passes, it hasn't been a lot of real inspiring play from the running games in this one. So I would stay away from that and really maybe focus a lot on the passing games in this one. And it it should be a high scoring game, interesting total as well. I'm surprised that it went this high. Yeah. The total right now for the, the game points is 50 and a half points. Now, I mean, we've seen Dallas, what they were averaging nearly like 38 points per game at home this year. So if they get what their average is and the Packers have to do very little on their side to hit this over, I do. So the Packers are favorites by seven and a half. I do think the Cowboys, sorry, I, I think I said the Packers, the Cowboys are favorites by seven and a half. I do think the Cowboys win. I don't think they cover seven and a half points. I do think they hit the over in the game, though. Not by a ton. I don't think it's going to be like an insanely high-scoring game, but I do think each, you know, the the Cowboys should score around 30, uh, given the Packers score 24, something like that. Yeah, I looked at this, and usually when I do this, I pick the score before I look at the over-under, just so I don't get biased or influenced by it. And it started at 49.5, This so it's gone up a point. 
you won't believe what I had it. I had it as 33.17. So I was over and now I'm under. So I'm a little confused. That tells me I'm going to stay away from this based on my own kind of feeling, right? I, I just, it's just right there. Like it, it could, it could be, this is why this line is very good here in this game overall. But I do feel more confident. I have the Cowboys winning and covering easily in this one. The 7.5, they're very good at home, right? The two games they struggled in recently, they were both recently Seahawks and Lions, right? Where they couldn't cover, but they were destroying. And I think the Packers are more a mediocre team. They're not a very solid team. I mean, they're not the Lions. So I'm going to say this is a weak enough opponent at home that Cowboys, the only team that went undefeated in the regular season, usually destroy and they're going to take advantage. They didn't even think they were going to have a home game. So I think they'll take advantage and uh, cover the spread. I don't think they'll do it next week and they'll probably lose, but here they're going to win their one playoff game. Yeah. And the Packers are so inexperienced. We can't really expect yeah. them to come out and, you know, do too well in this playoff game, but this should be a fun one. Either way, we'll get into the last game of the night. The one I'm most excited for this weekend Rams at the lions. We get Matthew Stafford versus Jared Goff. It should be a great matchup. We'll get into all of that after we hear from another one of our great sponsors. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or one of my nieces or nephews uh, got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from a life-saving medication they needed Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinus infections, skin infections, among others. uh, This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Again, that's just go to jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Let's hop right into this fun night game on Sunday night. Rams at the Lions. Matthew Stafford goes back to Detroit. I don't know how to take this game. I can see it going anywhere. The Lions are favored by three points, probably just because they're home, right? Yeah. But who are we expecting here to come out on top of a better performance, Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford? Both of these guys' lines are sitting at one and a half passing touchdowns, and I would be shocked if either of them didn't have two passing touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to put the ball up in the air because the Rams have been very very good against the run. They really like their young nose tackle. He's been really coming through with Aaron Donald, so he's had a big year. You also look at the Lions. They've been stout against the run all season long. So just like in this uh, other game that we just talked about, uh, the really I'm staying away from the running backs, right? I'm all in on the running backs of James Cook and Najee Harris out on Pollard. And Jones, I think I'm out on Williams and especially Jameer Gibbs with David Montgomery, right? I don't, in terms of their rushing, right? If I'm going to look for something, I'm going to look at touchdowns. I'm going to look at receiving yards, those type of things. And they don't really throw to Kyron Williams. So that also hurts his value, right? If he can't run, he's not going to put up a lot of numbers. So I look at this 
going back, I think Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, yeah, it's going to be what we expect. It's a double revenge game. You don't get these very often, and they're revenge against each other, right? Their teams moved on for the other guy. So they're both a little bit uh, maybe playing with a chip on their shoulder in this game, especially Jared Goff, maybe, and Stafford coming back to Detroit and maybe having something to prove there as well was not being able to win playoff games there. So all that stuff, there's all these uh, things, emotional things that are going to push it here. But, yeah, anything with the passing touchdowns and yardage, I'm buying. I'm going in in this one. I'm going there. Avoid the running backs. See, I'm with you about the passing touchdowns, and I like Matthew Stafford's passing yards a lot. It's sitting at 272 and a half. I like Stafford to have more than that. For like, he's been throwing a ton of yards all year long. Where he was yeah. struggling was the touchdowns, but over the last you know a month or a little bit more than that, he's been on a touchdown tear uh, before Week 17. So uh, I'm I'm good with all of those. But I also, and I'm with you on the Lions running backs with them splitting the backfield, not loving it. it it's it, their efficiency has also gone down on both sides yeah. here with Gibbs and Montgomery. Kyron Williams, on the other hand, though, I don't care what matchup he has. I don't care if the lions are good at run defense. He's going to hit his over. It's 82 and a half rushing yards. Oof. He's, He's hit that yeah. each of the last one, two, three, four, five, six games, and most of them by a ton. And he's had hard matchups. The The Browns are not an easy matchup. He hit it then. He had 88 rushing yards, uh, 114 rushing yards at the Ravens. When, like, they, they, they lost in that game, too, but he had... 25 carries, 114 yards. The commanders have been up and down run defense, but 152 yards. The Saints are not the easiest team to run against. 104 yards. The Giants, yeah, fine. But like, it's not like he's had this easy cakewalk of a schedule and he still just hits it week after week after week. So I'm not doubting Kyron Williams. He's he's just has shown he's such a great talent. I'm taking that over on him in rushing yards. Yeah, I think if I go anywhere with Kyron Williams, it's going to be anytime touchdown because he scores and he's the goal line option. So I feel better. I mean, with Gibbs and Montgomery, you can't go there, even there, right? Because you don't know who's going to get the ball in the scoring position. So it's a little bit tougher. But I know if they're inside five Rams, they're most likely going to give. Well, his anytime touchdowns like minus 190. Yeah, it's probably not great. but You're not going to get any money. Yeah, I wish it was a little bit lower. If Kyron Williams was at like 75, I knew that was not going to happen. But I would feel a little bit better, but don't fall into these scrimmage traps. I mean, there's all these scrimmage ones. You can't go scrimmage with Williams. Again, he doesn't catch passes, so you can't go there at 102.5, but 82.5 if you want that. If you want an adjusted line, that's also a good way to go for this, uh, for a little less payday. Now, let's look at the wide receivers. Let's start with uh, Puka Nakua, the Cooper Cup. Let's go there. You have 76.5 for Nakua. You have 68.5 for Cup. Now, looking at these matchups, they're very interesting, right? They're actually, I think they're even, but I think Nakua has a better spot here. I think he's probably going to get Cameron Sutton. The outside, they've been bad. Brian Branch, he's a rookie. He's not been as good of late. He's shown some flashes uh, covering in the inside. So I'd feel a little bit better with Puka, to be honest, but the line is bigger. So, again, I for that, I mean, I think I'm going to go in on all these guys, but I would adjust maybe Puka's a little bit, but I could be very comfortable with 16.5 for Cup. Yeah, the thing with Cup is he's been so inconsistent. I mean, yeah. how long of a stretch there where he was doing absolutely nothing from weeks 7 through 13. It was just killing you. Then had two big weeks in a row and then went back to doing pretty much nothing again. Uh, the last, the two last games he played. So that's hard. Um, I don't feel 
great about Cooper Cup. It's obviously he could get there, but yeah. it just he's just too inconsistent for me. Puka Nakua is just on fire. I I I feel really good about his 76 and a half receiving yards. Like you said, the Lions defense much better against the run than the pass. I expect Matthew Stafford to hit his over in passing. So I expect Puka Nakua to also have a good game. And Cooper Cup will have some receptions as well. But what about Amon Ross St. Brown with potentially no Sam Laporta? His line is high. It's at 87 and a half receiving yards, but it should be. He's had 90 plus receiving yards in each of the last four games. And he should only get more targets, right? If Laporta's not there. Yeah. I mean, looking now that we've talked about Nakua and Cup, I think I would be more aggressive and go an alt line higher for Nakua and maybe an alt line lower for Cup. So I could get both of those and feel good about them. Though this one. I'm not sure about this. It's right in a good spot, I think, at 87.5. Like, it's surprising. I, I think the matchup is actually pretty good. Quentin Lake is the slot corner here for the Rams. He's been pretty good all season. I'm not going to take that away from him, but covering him on Ross St. Brown is a difference. I, I would lean toward the over, right? We know where Jared Goff throws. He's going to look for Sam Laporta. Oh, he's not on the field. I'm going to throw it to my slot guy over and over and over again. That's what's going to happen. They can also scheme him up and to be open outside, right? The Rams can give up big plays, too. They're known to do that. Remember that game against the Saints, right, when you had A.T. Perry and Rashid Shaheed go downfield? So I think Amon Rice and Brown could actually hit a good chunk of this on two plays, right? So. Yeah. I'm still going to go there. I, I think, again, anything with the passing games I said I liked, and even with 87.5, I mean, I think he's a little bit pissed, right? I think look at the, the Pro Bowl rosters. I don't know why he gets upset. It's not like bad players in the Pro Bowl. He's probably going to eventually get there, but he's playing with a little bit of anger too. So I think he comes out and uh, shows that in this game, and it's his uh, team, right? It's his uh, – Hometown team is going after. He wants to show up in Los Angeles. So I think he'll I think he'll show up and he'll be motivated. And I, I think maybe I want to bump him up, Michelle. More and more I think about it. Maybe I want to go to like 90 or 100 or something and see what I can get. Because, again, this is you don't have many games. So go for it a little bit in, the, in these matchups. Yeah. And then I don't know who to pick as the winner here. I, I kind of feel like the Rams could win this game. Uh, I mean, the Rams have won seven of the last eight games, the only loss against the Ravens by six points. They're like the only team that kept close to the Ravens over the last couple months here. And, but this game being in Detroit, I don't know. It's such a hard one. I, I don't think I could pick one, uh, probably taking Rams plus three, but I don't feel super confident about it. Yeah, I'm taking Rams plus three, and I actually do feel good about it. I have this as an over, too. The over is 51.5. I think it's easily over. I have it as 31.27. So straight-up win for the Rams in this one. I'm going money line on the Rams. And here's why. I think these are two big things. Sam Laporta, you're missing a key person to attack the weakness of the Rams defense. Then you have a key strength, right, stopping the run for the Rams. That's going to put a lot of pressure on Jared Goff or – I think Matthew Stafford is going to see a lot more things open up downfield. He knows four field. He's going to rip it. It's indoors. It's. It, I think it doesn't also favor the Lions that way in a weird way. It's great it's indoors. It's for Jared Goff. But I also think this road environment also really favors Matthew Stafford, which is a very familiar home to him. Yeah, I, I 
I think both of these guys have such a chip on their shoulder, probably like there's such yeah. a reason for them to play their hearts out and just want to shove it to the other team. Right. Like you just threw me away. Like if you're Jared Goff, yeah. you just threw me away Rams after taking you to a Super Bowl. And then Matthew Stafford, you know, wants to prove that he's still the guy and he's better yeah. than Jared Goff. Like there's so much here to prove to both of these guys. I, I, Rams are a scary team right now. And I feel unfortunate for the lions that they ran into them in this first round. Yeah, and you have goes Michelle. I mean, Michigan had to lose. They won the championship. Look, Detroit sports fans are not going to double up here. They're not going to have this monster week. It just goes with the territory. If one team wins, the other team is going to lose, and you got to just accept that and, and, and move on. So I, I think it'll be fun. So I, I just want a lot of high-scoring points in these games. Those are the Same. only things I want. So that's all we're looking for in fantasy now. Tomorrow we'll uh, close the sh- week of shows looking at that final game. Yeah, it's Super Wild Card Weekend, so we'll have a game on Monday, Eagles-Bucks as well. So that's the last NFC game. We'll break that down for you. Then we'll have our look at the price picks of the week, and then we'll look at the last slate of games here and do a little FanDuel lineup with them as well for you. So a lot of good stuff to close the week for this uh, Thursday edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majud. Bye, y'all.